Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon at Fountain City Church. We hope that you are blessed by this message today. If you'd like to learn more, you can check out our website at fountaincity.org. Well, greetings to you, beloved saints of God. It is such a privilege for me to be here at this time to share the word of God with us for the next few minutes. I want to extend thanks to Pastor Grant for affording me that privilege, and I do not take it lightly. I thank God for him, for Pastor Grant and his family and the leadership here in Fountain City Church. And um, God is, has given them a great work to do, and they're doing it. I praise God for them. My prayer is that they will continue to grow from st- strength to strength. I hope these words that I'm about to share with you will be a blessing to everyone who hears this word. Now, I am considering a passage of scripture that is found in Mark's gospel, the gospel of Mark, chapter 6. And I'm reading a few verses from verse uh, 7. I'm reading, of course, a part of verse 6 and then uh, to verse 7. It says, Then Jesus went around, teaching from village to village. Verse 7 says, Calling the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for your journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your, in your boats, belts. Sorry. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust of your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. Verse 12. They went out and preached to the people. Sorry, let me read that again. I apologize. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Praise the Lord. This is a very powerful passage of scripture because it talks about the mandate that God gave these 12 apostles. Glory to God. And I would say that even as Jesus gave that mandate to the apostles, he has also given us a mandate. So I want to speak on understanding our mandate. Understanding our mandate. Now, it is interesting as we read this passage to see that Jesus himself was preaching. He was teaching. He was in full-time ministry. He was ministering. And so I would expect that having the disciples following him all these months and years, he wanted to teach them how to do it, how to do ministry, as a matter of fact. So the disciples um, observed, and then he said, okay, it's your time. It's your time to do it. So the Bible says he called them to himself. He called the disciples to himself. And then he gave them authority 
Now that's interesting. We must take note of that word authority. He gave them authority. The word exousia. He gave them the right. He gave them the ability to preach the gospel. So he said he gave them authority, the Bible tells us, and he instructed them. He said, look, go. Heal the sick. Cast out devils, mighty father. With that authority, with that authority, he is delegating that authority to the disciples. And he said, now, cast out devils. He's not saying, well, pray, uh, you know, pray for, he said, cast them out. In other words, with the authority that I am giving you, glory to God, these devils will recognize who you represent. These devils will respect what is inside of you because I am transferring my authority to you. And then the Bible says he gave them certain specific instructions. <laughs> we will see what does those instructions me meant to them. Glory to God. Now, he says to them, as you go, as a matter of fact, even before I get to that, Mac here gives us a somewhat a concise uh, um, version, a concise version of that mandate, of that command. All three synop synoptic gospels speak of that. Matthew speaks about it. Matthew is a little bit more detailed. Matthew speaks about it in Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse 1, and also 9 to 14. Luke also captures that, that same element in chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 1, and then verses 3 to 5. Jesus gives that mandate. And then the Bible says, not only did he give them authority, he said to them, cast out devils, heal the sick, glory to God. And then he says, preach, preach the gospel. Um, Matthew says, the gospel of the kingdom. I love that. I love that. The gospel of the kingdom. He says, preach the gospel of the kingdom. First of all, the word gospel is the word euangelion, which means good news. Preach the good news. And I love the word preach because there are, there are basically two words translated to preach. There is the one um, that is called euangelizo. And then there is Keruso. The one he uses there is Keruso. And Keruso means to make a public announcement. Hallelujah. Make a public announcement. Now in those times, there were, even in the secular arena, there were Kerusos, preachers. They represented kings and authoritative figures. They would go forth as heralds. They called them heralds. And they would make big public announcements that the kings wanted the people to know. So, so Jesus is, um, is taking that word and he's saying to the disciples, Now be a Caruso, be a preacher, be a public announcer. So in other words, as preachers... We are not called to make up a story. We are just making an announcement to the world about a fact, hallelujah, that Jesus, the Son of God, lives, that he came to bring salvation to the human race. So he says, preach the gospel of the kingdom. Now, what is the kingdom? The kingdom has to do with, with a spiritual commonwealth embracing everyone who does the will of God. Hallelujah. 
So God is building a kingdom on the earth. And he is sending his announcers to say to people, look, the kingdom of God is here. Hallelujah. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what he says to them. Now, I, I know, you know, a lot of us as preachers, sometimes we get besides ourselves and we go to people and say, no, no, have you been born again? You must be born again. No, there, there is nothing wrong with telling people that. But, but, but that's not what Jesus is saying. In other words, let the people know, hallelujah, let the people know that there is a kingdom. The good news about my kingdom let them know that in that kingdom, there are blessings, there are privileges, hallelujah. And, and, and when you do not have those blessings and privileges, you are missing out. Announce that to them. Let them know that there is something to be had, hallelujah, when you take that step to embrace Jesus Christ. So he says, preach the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. It is not just a physical or earthly kingdom that is limited. <laughs> the kingdom is spiritual. It is unlimited in scope. Glory to God. It is global. It is also eternal. Hallelujah. It is eternal. It is both present and future. The kingdom of God is already here with the arrival of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But not only that. It has implications for our future. Hallelujah. See, in other words, when we embrace the kingdom of God, we have a bright future because that kingdom is eternal. Glory to God. So he says, preach the gospel of the kingdom. Let people know that there are provisions made. And there is a scripture that says, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, listen to that. These three commodities are very scarce on earth. Considering all that is happening on planet earth, the chaos, the confusion, the uncertainty, the insecurity. He says, announce that in Christ's kingdom, there is righteousness, there is peace, hallelujah. Not only that, but there is joy. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, announce my kingdom. Let people know that my kingdom is here and those who embrace faith in me will inherit that kingdom. It is interesting because the Bible tells us in Matthew 24 verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world as a witness to all nations. So, so, so what are we supposed to preach? The gospel of the kingdom. Let the city of Columbus know that there is a kingdom. Hallelujah. But there is an interesting thing because in John chapter 3 and verse 3, there was a, person, a man by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a prominent figure in, in religious circles in those days. The Bible says he came to Jesus. I believe the reason why he came to Jesus, there were questions on, on, on his mind that, that he needed answers for. <laughs> and I believe he had heard the announcement about that kingdom. He wanted to know more. He wanted to inquire more. So he came to Jesus. Of course, the Bible says he came secretly by night. But Jesus already knew what was Nicodemus' need. So Jesus said to Nicodemus, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see, he cannot perceive, he cannot grasp the kingdom of God. So, so in order for us to enter that kingdom or receive the benefits and provisions of the kingdom, first, we must be born again. This is where being born again comes in. Hallelujah. <laughs> Since it is not a political kingdom, it is not a religious kingdom, it is a spiritual kingdom, we must be spiritually reborn. That was a little bit tough for Nicodemus to grasp. Because he says to Jesus, well, can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus said, no, that, that's, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a spiritual birth. If you want to experience the kingdom, and then he says, not only you, they will, not, will they not perceive the kingdom, but he says, they will not enter into the kingdom. Unless a man is born again, he cannot enter, verses 3 and verses, verse 5. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. So the new birth gives us entrance into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Being born again gives us entrance. So when we enter the kingdom, then what should we be looking for? The blessings and provisions of that kingdom. In the country in which I was born... <laughs> That country was, an, uh, it, it was under the monarchy, the Queen Elizabeth, uh, the kingdom, the United Kingdom. I remember that. And so, because even though I was in the Caribbean, but, but, but there were certain privileges that I could have had, hallelujah, as part of that kingdom, as a subject, as a citizen of that kingdom. So listen to that, ladies and gentlemen. I believe you are missing all your life because you have not taken that step and you have not embraced the kingdom of God. And so Jesus says to them, preach the kingdom of God. The Bible tells us in Acts 28 and verse 31 that when Paul was preaching, as a matter of fact, the last words of the book of Acts, the Bible says, Paul preached the kingdom of God. He was just about to appear before Caesar in judgment. And of course, we know Paul was martyred. But, but, but he was still preaching the good news. He was saying to people, look, even though I know my life is about to end, but I want you to receive the blessings and benefits of the kingdom of God. So he says, preach the kingdom. And then he gave them, gave them certain specific instructions as well. He says, do not take any staff. Of course, protection. You don't have to uh, think of your personal protection. He says, do not take... Um, uh, uh, shoes or food or clothing. In other words, trust God as you go on my mission in obedience to my mission, to my mandate. Trust me to provide for you. Hallelujah. In other words, I got your back. I will protect you because you are on my mission, on my business. Glory to God, when an ambassador is sent by a certain country, they have the covering of the country that sends them. So Jesus is saying, look, you don't have to be worried about those things. Glory to God. You don't have to be worried about those things. I will take care of that. Don't, don't think of taking extra tunic, extra uh, uh, clothing with you. I will take care of those needs. 
And then he says, if anybody rejects your message, <laughs> he says, just shake the, the dust of your feet when you leave that city. That's interesting. In other words, that symbolized something. It was symbolizing that, hey, we are not responsible. We are not taking responsibility for your actions. <laughs> As announcers, we are not responsible for the actions of people who reject Jesus. We, are just, we just have the responsibility of making that announcement to men and women all over the world. The kingdom of God is here. The king is on his throne. The king has sent me to invite you into his kingdom. The king wants you to experience the blessings and privileges of his kingdom. Glory to God. And so Jesus says to them, look, if they reject you, just shake off the dust of your feet as you leave that city. In other words, you are not responsible for what they do. I remember that preacher who, um, you know, he passed, but every time he preaches, he would all, all, always say, <laughs> he says, I am not responsible for what you hear. I am responsible for what I said. So our responsibility as believers in Christ, as announcers, preachers, as men and women of God, as children of God, because every child of God is a preacher. Every child of God is an announcer. But we are not responsible for what people do with the message. All we have to do is to tell them. So that what happens, look at the response of the disciples, the Bible tells us. The disciples responded obediently to Jesus' mandate. The Bible says they went and they preached that people should repent. I love that. That people should repent. That's interesting. In other words, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus the, the Bible is saying that the disciples went and they said to people, you should repent. You should change your thinking. You should change your mind. Because there is something that you are missing. Hallelujah. In other words, develop a new mindset. Because the old mindset shuts you away from the blessings that God wants to give you. Change your thinking. <laughs> the late Dr. Miles Munro would say, change your stinking thinking. Repent. Change your mind. That's what they preached. And the Bible says they did everything that Jesus commanded them to do. They cast out devils. They healed the sick. Hallelujah. So, so, so what happened? That means they, they were able to cast out devils because they went under Jesus' authority. They obeyed him. You see, when we obey Jesus' mandate... When we obey his command, when we obey Jesus, what happens is his authority flows through us. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when they, you know, now, now, now Jesus already knows that, that they would encounter demons. And I would say in our world, we will always encounter demons. 
He didn't say pray about those devils. He said cast them out because why? My in your obedience to me, my authority flows through you. And these demons, because we know the world is full of them, these demons know Jesus' authority. Glory to God. Remember the demoniac of Gadara, the Bible says, uh, we, we, the, the demons say, we know who you are. Glory to God. So when they see you operating on the authority of Jesus, they already know who Jesus is. So they must respond and bow to the name of the authority of Jesus. So, so the Bible says they obeyed and they went. And listen to me, saints of God, just as they encounter demons, so we will encounter demons because Satan does not want people to be liberated. But guess what? God has sent us to free people, to liberate them from demonic possession, from demonic oppression. That's what God wants to do for every man, woman, boy, and girl. So he says to them to go and do that. And the Bible says they, they did everything that Jesus commanded them to do. Now, thank God for the disciples and their obedience. But what about us? Because he has given us a like mandate. <laughs> How do we understand that mandate? What is our response in relation to that mandate? The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 28, very familiar passage of scripture, where the Bible says, Jesus says, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. All authority. Now, it is interesting for us to note, beloved, it is interesting for us to note that when Jesus was upon earth, he did not display or exercise not even half of the total authority that he has. He didn't. Because Jesus chose, <laughs> he chose a voluntary non-use of his deity, of his attributes. Jesus limited himself. The Bible tells us that. He emptied himself. So he did not even display all the authority that he had. But listen to that. When Jesus Christ was about to go back to the Father, he said to his followers, All authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. Oh, glory to God. No limitations. No limitations. Now, interestingly, it was in that context that he said to his followers, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go ye therefore, hallelujah, and make disciples. So in that authority, in that absolute authority that I exercise over the universe, I am sending you forth, glory to God. I am sending you forth as my ambassadors, as my preachers, as my announcers, to say to people that the kingdom of God is here. And he says, do the same things, do the same things, do the same things. The works that, as a matter of fact, there is a scripture where Jesus says, he who believes in me, the works that I do shall he do, and greater things than these shall he do, because I am going back to the Father, and you will not see me. 
So Jesus is saying to his disciples enough to us here at Fountain City Church. He says, since I have gone back to the Father, I have released that authority to you so you can touch the world. You could bring transformation to nations because I have given you or delegated that authority to you. So Jesus here is speaking as the ascended and glorified Christ. The ascended Lord. Now, when Jesus was upon earth, the Bible tells us, he walked with his disciples. There were times when he was hungry, he displayed and demonstrated what we would call human attributes, human weaknesses. He was tired at times. He was hungry at times. You know, he was sleepy at times. Glory to God. But listen to that. Now that he is ascended and he is glorified, there is absolutely no limitations. There is absolutely no limitations. As a matter of fact, I believe with all my heart that Peter, the apostle, understood that there was a difference between the Jesus of Nazareth that was with them for three, for three and a half years. The Jesus of Nazareth and the ascended Lord. Because now he had absolute authority. Absolute authority. So in other words, when I send you in my place, when I send you to be my announcers, all my authority goes with you. Hallelujah. There is no limit to that authority. He says, because I am going back to my father and you are here. Hallelujah. In order for us to be successful on earth, you have to have, we have to have that fullness of Christ's authority operating in us. And in, in a few minutes, I will, say, I will tell us how we can uh, access that authority and flow in that authority. I love what the book of Ephesians says. Paul the apostle. Paul received the gospel of Christ. Through revelation. Now while the other apostles. They walked with him. That, that is what qualified them to be apostles. They walked with Jesus. Amen. They, they, they listened um, to his teaching. He, he, he spoke to them verbatim. They listened to him. But Paul was not around in that sense. He was not there with the 12 apostles. So, so Paul became an apostle and God gave him revelation of who Jesus is. And this is what he says in Ephesians 1.21. God has set him, referring to Jesus, Far above all rule and authority and dominion and power and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. And he continues to say, and he has set all things under his feet, hallelujah, and has given him to be the head over all things in the church, through the church, which is his body. I love that. The church is the body of Christ. And the Bible says the church has received that fullness of Christ's authority. So Fountain City Church, glory to God, is here by the authority of Jesus. Hallelujah. And let me say this. 
If anybody tries to destroy Fountain City Church, God, hallelujah, will stand for them. God will come to defend because he knows that there are godly people here who honor him, who respond and understand his mandate and who are willing to obey his mandate. Listen to what Jesus said, and that's important. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew, Matthew 16 and verse 18, it was during the Caesarea Philippi Confession. When he asked his disciples, whom do people say that I am? And they answered, well, some say you are Elias, some say you are Jeremiah, some say you are one of the prophets. Then he asked them, well, whom do you say that I am? And Peter was the one who said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, blessed are you, Simon. <laughs> I love to, there is a brother in our church, I love to tease him. His, his last name is Johnson. And, and that is what Jesus is saying. Simon Johnson, son of John. <laughs> Hallelujah. Blessed are you, Simon, son of John. He says, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. You got that revelation straight from the heavenly throne. And then he says, I say to you, you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, I love that. The English language does not really bring it out emphatically as it is in the original language, the Greek. The, the, the Greek is ego emi. I myself. I love that. I myself. That's what Jesus is saying. I myself will build my church. And I gather from that that Jesus has never and will never abandon the oversight of his church to anybody. Hallelujah. Nobody else will be given that authority. He exercises. So listen to that. Whatever we do here in Fountain City Church, Jesus oversees. Hallelujah. Jesus will make sure that what we believe him for comes to pass. I myself will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I was saying Peter understood that when he said in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 36. Let all Israel be assured of this. God has raised, God has made Jesus whom you have crucified. I love, you, you see, these men became fearless. Something happened to them. Not only did they receive the Holy Spirit's power, but God gave them a fresh revelation of the ascended and glorified Christ who has no limit. So Peter was willing to stand before the very people who crucified Jesus, whom previously they were afraid of. He says, you are the ones who crucified him, but God has made him both Lord and Christ. He says that as well in, in, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 10. <laughs> he says to him after he had healed that, that, that man, that, that crippled man. They were wondering, you know, what was going on? And Jesus said to them, by the authority of Jesus, whom you crucified, 
whom God raised from the dead. This man is alive today. I love that. Hallelujah. He says, it is the authority of Jesus that operated through us. And let me say this. There are some crippled people here in this city that will be healed as the people of Fountain City, the saints of God, the preachers go forth and minister God's kingdom to them. There will be lame that will walk. There will be blind eyes that will be opened. Glory to God. There will be sick that will be freed. Glory to God. There will be lunatics that will be set free. Because the people of God obey his command and his mandate. Listen to what the scripture says. Again, I love that. In Hebrews chapter 10. I love that passage because every time, every time... You know, I, I, I read that passage. It reminds me of my responsibility here on earth. The Bible tells us, <laughs> listen to that. Jesus, after Jesus, that high priest, had offered one sacrifice for sin. The Bible says, he sat down. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. And he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. He sat down a posture of authority. Hallelujah. And not only that, but he sat down a posture of confidence in his subjects. He's saying, look, I am rooting for you guys in Fountain City. I am sitting because I know you have it in you. Glory to God. I love that. I know you got it in you because I have given you the authority. I know that. The Bible says he's waiting. So, so listen to that. So listen to that. Through the spirit of God, the presence of God, the spirit of his kingdom, we will subjugate. We will bring the enemy to subjugation. We will bring the enemy under. We will crush the enemy on earth. And let me say this, glory to God. In the next few months, every human being, every person that gets saved is an evidence of the subjugation of the kingdom of darkness. Every person that gets healed and delivered is testimony of the subjugation of the kingdom of darkness. Glory to God. Every person that receives a blessing from God, every person that is transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, it means the enemy is being subjugated. The enemy is being made his footstool. So that is our responsibility. That is our mandate. That is what God has called us to do in Fountain City. God has given us that mandate and we have a responsibility to fulfill it. So how do we do that? How do we do that? In other words, we got to come to a higher level. We got to operate in what the Bible calls revelation knowledge. Re not just information, but revelation knowledge. Just like Peter, remember Matthew 16, 16? Where Jesus said to Peter, this was revealed to you by my Father which is in heaven. So we must, we must operate on the level of revelation knowledge. Seek God. Lord, give us revelation knowledge. Give us things that we didn't learn in a Bible college or a seminary. 
Show us those things that we need to know. Glory to God. And listen to me. There will be some situations that God will take us into. And we will only be able to fulfill the purpose of God through God's revelation. I shared a few um, months ago with some of the saints here. There were times when I was in a sticky situation and I didn't know what to do. And I just said, God, I don't know what to do. Show me. Reveal to me. <laughs> what should I do in this situation? And God just showed me. <laughs> Things that I would never have noticed. You know, ordinarily, God just showed me what I was supposed to do to bring deliverance to people. So operate in God's revelation knowledge. We also need to ask God for wisdom. Wisdom to execute and exercise that authority. Now, listen to me. We already have been given that authority. You have already been, that authority has already been released to his body. Ask God for wisdom in the exercise of that authority. Thirdly, spend time in prayer and communion with the Holy Spirit. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. Let him instruct you. Let him teach you. Let him show you new things because that's what Jesus said he would do in the, in the Gospel of John. He will bring all things to your remembrance. He will show you things to come. That's, that's, the, that's the, the, the office of the Holy Spirit. And fourthly, operate in genuine faith. Hallelujah. Operate in genuine faith. Because as we flow, it's, 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 I mean, if we are going to be able to function for Christ, we have to function in faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So if we do that, if we do these things, we will be able to obey, understand and obey that mandate that Christ has given to us as his body on earth. My prayer is for Fountain City Church. In the next few months, and listen to me, don't mind, don't mind, notwithstanding COVID-19, God is way above COVID-19, glory to God. And let me say this, I believe because of the presence and the power of God operating in his kingdom, if we continue to trust God and believe God, he will cause the mission to escalate in terms of volume in terms of things that will be happening glory to God as a matter of fact there were times we'll say oh, Lord it's happening too fast Lord it's happening too fast because God is going to escalate things amen COVID-19 will not deny Jesus Christ the ascended and glorified Lord from fulfilling his purpose on earth through his children through his sons and daughters through his announcers his preachers here in Fountain City Church God is going to do some awesome things. And I want to just end by praying for this ministry. To Pastor Grant and his wife. And for all the leaders here at Fountain City Church. I want to pray with you. And trust God with you. That what the mission and assignment that he has given to you. Will be accomplished and fulfilled to the glory and honor of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father. In the name of Jesus, we look to you. We thank you because, Lord, you saw it fit to call us and to choose us and to give us that assignment, that mandate, to announce to this city that the kingdom of God is here. To let people know that outside of the kingdom, they are missing out because they are not experiencing the blessings and the provisions that God intended for them to enjoy.
They are not experiencing righteousness, peace, and joy in this world of turmoil and trouble. In this world of sadness. In this world of depression. They are not experiencing the fullness of Jesus Christ within his kingdom. Lord, may you enable this ministry to rise to the occasion. Lord God, that your authority will flow through them to bring deliverance, to do those things that you have equipped us and commanded us to do. I pray for somebody hearing who is not saved, that you would draw them to yourself through the power of the Holy Spirit. You would cause them to understand that there is so much that they are missing because they have not taken that one step to trust in Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.